that's why they say two heads are better than one. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. Here in Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. How has your week been going? My week has been another week. They kind of all yeah. run together. They kind of all run together. I think this is the first week we've been um, like a full week of school for the kid yeah. since like the holidays. I think we had a, a day off here and there and teacher work day or something. And so she's getting a little punchy here coming into Friday. I'm noticing that. Yeah. That, um, that, that, that tracks yeah. with what we got going on. Yeah. Um, we are, uh, we, we had another potential exposure <sighs> dealing with that at the moment. Um, and then just a lot of crap. It's been kind of a rough week for us. I'm sorry. Um, I've been seeing Amber's posts on Facebook that had not seemed like she was yeah. doing fabulous. Yeah. yeah, some disciplinary stuff with both boys. Um, are we just got a puppy that was um, had had a child a children's Tylenol that uh, is not good for little dogs. Mm. So had to go to the ER for that one last night. Just a, just a lot. Gotcha. Just a lot. Just a lot. But you know what? We had ourselves a stupendous Thursday. Probably one of the best Thursdays on record. A lot of people are saying it. I've been hearing. Yeah. And another thing that I that it's just was a was a great kind of uh buffer to the crap that was going on in my personal life. Uh, we got another $100 donation to Songs for Kids uh from the community, so which great. is just tremendous. So great. Thank you. So um, you know, Last time we had called them out by name. We're not going to do that this time. Um, but for the whoever did that, uh, thank you so much for your generosity. Um, we really want to be able to come to them with a uh, a very generous gift uh, on behalf of the musician community in our you know in our group. So if that is something you are still interested in, um, this for real, for real, for real, it's going to be your last <laughs> chance. Um, Dan will add it to the show notes uh, on this week's episode, and we will make sure that. Uh, if you uh, want to do that, we can do that so we can go ahead and send a nice check to Songs for Kids Foundation uh, and all of the wonderful things that they do. So that's that was a that was a great way to kind of, you know, bookend the crap that has been this week. Got to be around 250 now, 300 something. We are getting into I would love to give them 300. We're not quite there yet. We're over 200, but not quite to 300. Well, that so, seems doable. Absolutely. If that's something that you feel like you can do, uh, just shoot us a couple of bucks. We would really appreciate it. Very cool. Yeah. Um, since we're talking about goodwill, let's spread some more goodwill around. Uh, I've got another review to uh, to talk about. If you want to be featured on the show, the easiest way to do that is to leave us a review on iTunes or our Facebook page or the podcast platform of your choice. This one is from Rhino615. I wonder if 615 stands for the 615 area code. Uh, if that is the case, then he's in the Nashville area. Oh. Otherwise, I'm just making things up. But this one says, Could also have wonderful June 15th birthday. Yes, maybe. Who knows? All right. This one says, wonderful advice and tips from uh, two cool dudes in parentheses who've never met each other. These guys know what they are talking about. They speak from experience as they are both musicians and cover bands who are gigging regularly each week. They consistently talk at length about their gigs over the past weekend. Isn't that quaint gear? They use <laughs> we used to. advice. 
<laughs> to help make your band better and life in general and all with a great sense of humor. They answer every question on air I have ever asked them with well-thought-out answers that really help. If you're looking for advice about being in a cover band, original band, solo act, or any business for that matter, this is the podcast for you. Big thanks to Rhino615 for that very lovely review. Yeah, very great. And I think, you know, I think we talk about this a lot and it's it bears repeating. I don't think what we necessarily are talking about has to do specifically with cover bands. For sure. I think the idea is if you are trying to make music a business, um, what are the tools that you need to do in order to pull that off? And I think maybe there's a lot of overlap with other creative endeavors that aren't even music. You know, um, a oh, yeah. friend of mine who was in a band with, um, man, several several bands ago, um, played bass, but he was really a guitar player slumming on bass. Uh, but he, sure. he did fine. Um, but it was his first time He'd never been in a band before. It was like his first time ever doing that. We sort of broke him in and he really enjoyed it. Um, and then for various reasons, stopped that. Um, he texted me this week and said, hey, I need to pick your brain about uh, PAs. Yeah. I was like, I can totally do you that. But of course, I've dumped my entire brain in episode four or five or six or something like that. <laughs> Everything I know about PAs, I said there. So just I sent him that link. And um, and then we talked later in the night. And he was like, he he had not been aware that we do this and that I was mm-hmm. part, part of this. But, you know, and, and part of it was like, look, I didn't even know enough to know what you were talking about on that. So I, I, I broke him yeah. down to scratch. But he's been meeting with three guys in his garage writing metal originals, you know, and it's <laughs> not in any interest at all in being in a cover band, right? He wants to do originals. God bless. Great. Right. Um, but so much of what I had to share with him overlapped and, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really not a lot of what we talk about is we talk about cover song selection. That may be the only thing we do that's specifically about cover bands. Um, yeah. But I mean, every single original band I've ever played in played covers. Played covers. So that's still, still pertinent, it's pertinent. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But you know, one of the things I said to him was like, he said, oh, we got to get a name and then get like a logo. And I was like, well, you have some thinking to do first. And he was like, what? So (laughs) all of these things are relevant. I sent him straight back to the branding episode. Um, Anyway. Yeah. Fun. Fun to to have it be that general and impact uh, people who are up to all sorts of things. It's really great. This past week has shown me in very stark contrast, the kind of people who have found our little show in our community. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but we had a super exciting um, interaction with a mainstream artist, yeah. like a person who has done things that like none of us yeah. would ever even yeah. potentially imagine. Yeah, who 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 is on albums you've heard. Mm-hmm. For sure. And and has been on shows and events and things that you have definitely know about. Yeah. Who who actually approached us <laughs> about doing an interview. So we're well, we're still in the process of kind of hammering that out. But but if it generally happens, we're like, yup. Yeah. No, like it was a total no-brainer. <laughs> Absolutely. And if it does happen, um Dan might have to do a bit of the heavy lifting so I don't completely just <laughs> there is a risk of Adam nerding out. Fully, yeah. Oh no! Like you might see my entire skin like peel off of my skull yeah. while you know if yeah. this does in fact uh, go down. Yeah. But it's big, it, it's it big was. Deal. I don't. Nec- I'm not a person who gets excited about things. The potential of whatever this is happening is insanely exciting to me. Yeah. So yeah, I hope that you know that carries some weight. Yeah, teaser. 
of something coming up. Yeah. Who's, you know, who knows? Who knows? So, Dan, let's let's have a let's have a conversation. Yeah, we have to deal with this, don't we? So, we need to talk about the the elephant in the room. Yeah. So, you're on the show and I'm on the show. We, both so, we are, know. We, we're aware. And people who've listened to the last few episodes, they know. Yeah. Um, we have talked at length an exorbitant amount about gear. Particularly, particularly guitar gear. Yes. Yeah, there's a very real risk that we have become the Guitar Gear Podcast. And the problem is, is that there's there's a few of those about already. And they're fine. Mm-hmm. And we could do one real well, but it's not what we're here for. Sure. That being said... <laughs> we're going to talk about some gear. <laughs> we're going to talk about gear this week. Yeah, guitar gear in particular. Yeah, and, and, you and know, guys, part of it is I, like, I think, I think part of the thing is, you know, obviously we, we have our focus in terms of what kind of gear catches our eye and it's been the NAM season, even though there wasn't a physical NAM and there's nothing else going on. So those things right. all kind of come together to give us some obvious stuff that we need to talk about. Um, but you know, maybe we should have Mike on to talk about drum gear. I don't know. We, I feel a little, you know, uh, like we're not addressing our, <laughs> the fullness of our market very well, but you know, is what the, it is. The, yeah, these are the challenges that present themselves when you are in the content creation business and and you know, stuff has to happen every week. Yep. And you know, we trust me, nothing would please Dan and I more than talking about gigs, <sighs> but seriously. They're just not happening. They're not happening. So, we've got two particular things that we want to dig into this week. Both of them are in fact guitar gear related. Um, if you are not a guitar player, uh, and actually a third, my, actually a third, we'll come to the third. Okay, one yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, if if you're not one of those people, I sincerely apologize. Please continue to tune in. Um, we will. No, I think I can fix absolutely. it. Wait, I can fix it. I can fix it. Drum paddles, Adam. Kick drum paddles. Yeah, we can. We can do that. That's all I have to say about them. Okay, but they exist. I mean, but that, that, that's the situation that we're in. So, <laughs> um, just hang in there. New stuff will be coming, I promise. Yeah. Until we get to that point. But speaking of new stuff. Yeah, so, you know, we are wrapping up NAM season. Um sadly enough though, the the two things that we are we really want to dig into this week are things we already kind of knew about. Um they're not necessarily new. Actually, they're not really new at all. Um just a maybe a, a new take on mm, new flavor. Something that's a yeah, new flavor of yeah. of something that's already already there. Yeah. So <laughs> here we go. Here we go. The main thing that has uh, occurred in our world is that Line Six kind of announced a new HX product, but I don't think it didn't seem like they did it intentionally. It kind or of that they. Yeah, it feels like they're not that proud of it. I don't know. They didn't want to. They didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. It leaked, right? It was a leak initially. Yeah. And then they and confirmed then, it. Yes. They basically, something got leaked and it was just too obvious to refute. Yeah. And so the product designer hopped into a uh, into a, a, a message board discussion and basically kind of laid the whole thing out. Yeah. What we are talking about is the Line 6 HX Stomp XL. 
which when I saw it, if I'm being perfectly honest, I thought it was a fan Photoshop. Me too. I thought it was a joke. We should back up and say like a little bit about the HX concept and line and origins maybe. Yeah. So um, for those of you who are not uh, keen to that whole ecosystem, uh, HX, as far as uh, line six is concerned, is the Helix world. Yep. And they now have an entire like product line around the HX ecosystem. So that includes the Line 6 Helix floorboard, the Helix rack unit. There's an LT model, which both Dan and I use. And then there's also a smaller form factor one called the HX Stomp, which I own. And there's a uh, there's a software version of it for like DAWs and recording called HX uh, Helix Native. Sorry. Yeah, and then there's one that doesn't have the amp emulations called HX Effects. Right. So basically, all taking from the same core software, uh, implementing it into different pieces of hardware. This announcement is not necessarily a new product per se. If you were looking at the unit, it's pretty obvious that it's just an HX stomp with more buttons. And that's what they called it. it yeah. They, you know, the, th- the feedback they've gotten about HX stomp, it has three little buttons on it. It's a tiny little form factor thing. And the point is you'd put it on a board next to something else or you'd travel real light with it. Um, but people kept adding external button units to it or MIDI controllers right. and that kind of thing. And that was the feedback they kept got was they wished it had, gosh, wouldn't it be great if it had like two more buttons? So they went and, and it, put two more buttons on it. Yeah. So in my case, I, I have an HX stomp. I use it on multiple kinds of gigs. Uh, I've used it for acoustic gigs. I've used it for playing bass. And I use it when I'm playing you know, ryth- rhythm guitar um, for some gigs. And then this last trio gig that we did, I used it exclusively. I did not bring my big boy Helix um, for that function. Um, and my setup is fairly minimal, but it does include an external set of buttons. So in my particular case, uh, on my board, I've got an HX stomp and then a, um, a dual switch selector that is, uh, to the right of it that I use to change, uh, presets. So I can toggle up and down, uh, the list of amps that I, I typically play through. And that is how I navigate through my gig. That's good. Um, you know, I have, um, on back when I was a pedal board guy before Helix time, I had on that board, a Morningstar MC6, um, six button MIDI controller that drove yep. a bunch of things on that board. And I think if I was an HX, HX stomp guy, I'd probably pair the two and have a lot of control. So I, yeah, I get it about wanting more buttons on your, on your HX stomp for sure. So the retail price of a Morningstar MC six is I think two forty nine. Is that correct? Sounds about right. So the, the, the situation that line six found themselves in is that they were selling a product and the product was doing well. But in order for people to use that product, they were purchasing a different product from a different company. So what Line 6 decided to do, given that information, was do the thing that people were doing with a third-party product, but just make it a part of the original product. do it on board. Exactly. So what they did is they took, I think they added, I think in total, three or four more switches, I think total. Yeah. I think it's six buttons total, I think is what I'm And, what and I'm I think two about. of them were dedicated page up, page down. Yep. If I understood what I was looking at right. And then two, think, two of them were additional sort of configurable switches. Yep. Um, and it's got a dedicated um, stomp tuner button. Right. Stomp and which mode. Which is good. Right. Yeah. 
And what I'm seeing yeah. here is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight buttons total. So you have um, two patch patch switches up and down. You've got uh, four kind of selector buttons. You've got a mode button and you've got a tap tuner button. So in, you know, with the standard HX stop model, you ended up with two function buttons and then your tap tempo. And that's it. Yep. What this allows you to do is it gives you four choices plus all of the other things. And they're doing it from a price point standpoint, it's about $150 more than the standard HX stomp, which technically puts it below the price point of an HX stomp with an MC6. Right, right. Which puts it in a really interesting position. Where it gets complicated is when you start talking about the secondary market. So if you're looking at the price point of a new stomp HX, uh, HX stomp XL, it, you're getting kind of in the neighborhood of a used Helix LT. Right. And with the LT, you're getting double the DSP. Double DSP and four more buttons. Four more buttons as well as an expression pedal. Right. You know, right. additional IO options. There, there's, it, it's not nothing. Yeah. And, you know, I what the impression that we were getting from the product designers was that this was basically a Goldilocks product is what they referred to it as. So, one was too big, one was too small. This one is just right. What is it? Just, it's just right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will say when I first saw the HX Stomp, um, it seemed a little too minimal, minimal for my purposes. You know, it seemed like you'd have to do a lot of tap dancing to get, you know, as much control as you needed on that. And, and you know, you added buttons to it, and a lot of people have. Um, so maybe they're nailing a maybe they're nailing a use case here. I, I think that's possible. The question for me is. Um, and the other thing is, of course, they are shooting a gap in their price points. They're going right down the middle of, of two, two, you know, kind of ends of the spectrum. Um, do you feel like there's a lot of untapped HX stomp market out there left after the original three buttoners been on the market for what a year and a half now? My impression is that the XL is for existing HX stomp users. So you you think that you think the sell is, look, our product was too minimal for you, and look at how painful it was to use. So look, pay us another seven hundred dollars to fix that. I think so. Interesting. All right. If I'm being perfectly honest, will you buy it? Because, um, I don't know. Yeah. But it was definitely tempting, and to be perfectly honest, when I have used it for just like a soul like unit gig. Yeah. I could have used two more function buttons. Of course. Two more two more snapshot buttons, two more pedal buttons. That would have been massive. Yeah. Well, you added them on your own. Well, no, but I didn't know. I'm not I still don't have those. I have two buttons that can do different things, but I still am kind of hamstrung by the amount of options to like change the tone on the patch itself. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. And you know, personally, I like the interface better. The uh, the XL interface looks a lot like the um, the LT interface, mm-hmm. which I prefer over the full blown Helix interface. You know, it's basically like colored um, quadrants, or in this case, are they sextants? Because there's six of them. I don't Do know. I don't term? know sextants. I want to be doing stellar navigation at this point. 
but it 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 makes more like visually it makes more sense to me than um, some of the other products. Yeah. So yeah. it's absolutely tempting. Um, would I necessarily sell my existing stomp for that? I don't know. Um, I am selling off a bunch of gear if you haven't noticed. So maybe maybe I buy one. I don't know. All right. Maybe maybe Frank and the guys just you know feel compelled to send us a unit to try since you know we talk about it so gosh. They darn should much. they should find it in their hearts to be compelled about that. We should each get one. <laughs> I'll definitely tell them how I feel. I, you know, I will say this, you know, form factor aside, there were a couple of cool features that I really did like. I liked the fact that all of the, uh, all of the ports are on the back. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I have an issue with is that some of the, you know, jacks and stuff I need are on the sides of the unit. And with the board that I've got, that's not always super convenient or, you know, I have definitely run into issues where like cable management makes it hard to plug into things. Um, so I kind of like that idea. Uh, I love the idea of a recessed kind of, um, collapsible master volume, which is on the back now. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, it draws the same amount, amount of power that the stomp does, even though it's much, much bigger, which means, you know, anybody who's already got the existing power supplies and stuff like it, it just, it's a plug and play deal. Um, I haven't done the measurements yet. For me, I've got a I've got a board that it would live on, so it ha- it would have to fit on that board mm-hmm. minus the uh, the two button switch that I've already got. Um, if it doesn't, that's kind of you know it's dead in the water. But if it does, that's it's pretty tempting because it does solve all of the problems that I I have had with the original unit. The other question it leaves is um, you know in in product um, uh, the discipline of product management we deal with this thing called cannibalization, right? Where yeah. a new product essentially kills the, the market for an older older one or a one that you have that it kind of competes with. Do you think anyone's going to buy a three-button stomp anymore? Again, I, I think this is a matter of use case. Okay. So, you know, there's a part of me that thinks, okay, I buy one thing for the one thing I use it for, and then if I need something else, I'll get something else. And then there's the other part of me that's like, you know, one unit to rule them all. Could I do all of the gigs that I've got on a Helix LT? A hundred percent. But I like the fact that I have a smaller option for gigs where I don't necessarily need all of that DSP or I don't need all of that real estate. I just need a couple of patches with a couple of sounds to do the thing I need to do. Yeah. Does this solve a problem so like, all right, here's my, here's my, here's my situation. I've got a full band rig. I've got an, a solo acoustic rig. And then I've got this kind of weird situation where I have these trio gigs that could technically use either one of those. But would I want to replace that with something that does more and gives me a bit more flexibility? Like that's, that's tempting to me because then I basically have, I have three levels of rig that I can just kind of grab and go. So I, I, I see there's some there there for me, uh, definitely. So even though even though the HX Stomp XP. XL. XL. I can't even, too many. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, even though that exists, you still might find a use for the three button version and still might gig that as a, as an alternative to what you're going to carry out the door, given your needs for a particular night. hundred percent. All right, cool. I think, I think there, I think there remains a question of if somebody 
just wanted a really awesome, tiny modeler and multi-effects unit, would their choice be the smaller one? And I mm-hmm. think the answer is probably not. Um, I don't know. What, I, I, maybe they have, maybe they, you know, they're, maybe they're playing in a church where they have very little space to have stuff, right? Maybe they're playing on a tiny little club stage or something. And you know, the savings of that footprint is, is valuable to them. Um, worth 150 bucks or whatever. Um, I'm going to say something controversial and I just want you guys to just like bear with me. I'm seriously considering selling my helix LT Hmm. because I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that we've got some stuff on the horizon. Hmm. And at the moment, given my my current circumstance, the kinds of gigs that I've got, you know, at my disposal if I choose to play out right now, I don't really have a need for it. And to be perfectly honest, it's sitting to my right mm-hmm. in a road case the size of a mini fridge. <laughs> like it's not doing me any favors right. taking up all of the space. And if something new were to come out, I think it would be advantageous to offload it while it's still the current product line and just hang out to see if something new comes along. That does make a lot of sense. So I'm, I'm having a very serious, you know, conversation with myself about potentially offloading my helix. Interesting. All right. Well, keep us posted about that. You may have a taker. Here, you've got a yeah. If if that's something that you're yeah. interested in and you want to buy a helix from a very not, you know, famous, you know, <laughs> internet personality, email us uh, coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. There you go. You can, you can definitely buy one from me and then you know not tell people when you resell it that it was you know that I owned it. Yeah, it's got a lot of cool sounds on it though. Lots of IRs, lots of presets. Nice. Or I'll wipe it. Who cares? Yeah, your call. But yeah, in conclusion, I think the HX Stomp XL is low-key, like a Jedi move, like a genius product release. Mm. Because the product's already been established in the marketplace. It is a known entity. Yep. And it's not it's not new. There's no learning curve. It's literally the thing that people already know. But more of it, yeah. And let me, but not too much. To to say that from you know, I, I spend my day thinking about product management stuff. Um, from that perspective, um, what we like to do in the software world is launch small and then iterate, um, because you don't really know how any you you have all these ideas, but they may be stupid. The only way you know literally is somebody pays money for them. Yep. Um, and that's hard to do in the hardware space because hardware is expensive to get out the door. It's like you can't you can't launch a pedal small. Nope. Not if you're line six, um, right. Boutique kind of guys can, but th- not these guys. So the fact that they have a product out, they've gotten feedback on it and they've pr- brought out a second version that specifically addresses that feedback from a product management perspective. I'm totally in love with that move. Um, yep. and it's not something you see much in hardware. So uh, I think that's pretty great. You know, certainly they know their market better than, you know, I'm gonna sit over here and speculate about whether I think it makes any sense whatever i'm a podcast guy what do i know exactly right? um they have people who are paid to find out these things and presumably they've done their work uh before deciding to build this thing so yeah so the the thing that cracks me up about this is that you know everybody's got an opinion about it and everyone's like no oh, this is stupid i was like then it's not for you yeah the, like they they literally build it as this is this is by like not by any stretch 
the most innovative product we've released. This is a Goldilocks product. Yeah. This is a product for a specific subset of our existing customer base. Yep. And if you think it's stupid, then don't buy it. It's not for you. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see how many units they move of it. Hey, they got my attention. Right. For whatever that means. There you go. At least one then. Yep. Right. At least one. All right, good. Whenever they come out. Good. Love it. So. Speaking of whenever, talking- whenever things come out. <laughs> that's a good segue. Okay. It's a good segue. Yes, this has been the uh the episode of Hot Takes. And guys, I just want to throw out a hot take about something that hasn't quite come out yet. But I think this really pertains to uh to the conversation that we're already having. Um if you have been keeping tabs with us at all over the past, well, at this point, calendar year, right. we've been talking about the neural quad cortex since it was announced. And why is that, Dan? Um, Because it's going to be killer. Well, but specifically, what about it is very important to you in your particular case? Because I have $200 down on a pre-order of it. And you pre-ordered it when? The day it was announced. So you have, that money has been sitting in Neural's coffers for a calendar year. year That's right. That's right. Yeah, it was uh, January 12th. Actually, um, I looked back in my... Gmail and found the receipt. Yep. January 12th has been a year. And they announced they, when, you know, when they announced it, they said it'd be coming in the fall and they've kept us posted about the delays. It's not like it's a surprise that it's delayed. Um, and anyone who's hung out waiting for a first gen of any kind of hardware, no, like I've done a lot of Kickstarters. Like I'm, I was clear fall wasn't going to happen. Um, but yes, yes. Hotly anticipated by at least me. So, um, you know, announcements have been coming and then dates have been announced and they've been pushed. And um, this is how I feel about it. What if the neural quad cortex is the Chinese democracy of ant modelers? Out. There he goes. And you, you're talking, of course, about the Guns N' Roses album, Chinese Democracy. Yes. And so can just complete that analogy for us, will you? All right. So if you don't understand if you don't understand that reference, here's what I'm referring to. Um, after User Illusion 1 and 2 were released, uh, to much acclaim and fanfare, Guns N' Roses announced that their next album was going to be called Chinese Democracy. Then the band broke up, and then the band went silent, and then the band reunited, and then the band started playing gigs, and the record never came out, and they talked about it, and it was hyped and hyped and hyped. And I don't know the exact time frame. I think the number is like 13 years. Something. And then by the time it came out, it, I mean, it came out. I know it happened. It happened around like I heard 2007, it. 2008. I heard it. And, um, but the issue was, was that so much time had passed and so much hype had been put behind it. So many, I don't know how many guitar players, how many drummers, how many bass players like were supposed to be on this record. Like it just never came out. And so it didn't matter how good it was. It didn't matter all the effort that put into it. There's no way that it could possibly live up to the hype. So that's why I'm saying that after announcing it a year ago at NAMM, after delay after delay, after nothing coming really out except for like some preliminary stuff and some kind of limited samples. Like 
can this unit live up to the hype that has been put behind it? And that's is are, are you asking me that question? Yes, I am. I'm I'm asking anybody who's willing to answer that question that question. But since you're talking to me right now, yes. Yeah, please, Dan, please indulge me. Well, I'll give you my view of it. So first of all, um, as I said, anybody who has backed hardware projects or um, followed um, development cycles toward a hardware release, you know, th this kind of delay is not at all uncommon. Um, so people, there, there are people freaking out who are not, we're not prepared for that. And, um, you know, oh my God, you've had my $200 for a year. They haven't, they spent it a long time ago. But, um, <laughs> you know, um, why I went in on that was because of the terms of it, which were um, pay $200 to get on the pre-order list. It is fully refundable. When we come to charge you the full amount, we'll let you know that that's about to happen and you can either come pay for it or we will refund you. So I, you know, parking $200 there to have the privilege of being in line is, you know, I was willing to do that and I have the privilege of having that not be a financial problem for me. Um, so... So I got more patience maybe than your average cat about this. Um, I will say that it's been, um, two, so two other things about it. One, it's just a modeler. It's just another modeler. It's just another modeler. All right. So yep. it has a ton more CPU power and DSP power than anything else on the market. But that really doesn't mean a lot um, in terms of what it sounds like, but especially live. I mean, I have no doubt dialing in a great sound on it will be, entirely possible, just like it's entirely possible on a uh, helix, just like it's entirely possible on an axe effects. And you know, they're, they're all, they're all doing within 20% of the same stuff. Sure. Um, I do think there is an upside, a kind of an unexplored something becomes available when it's got the kind of just sheer Silicon grunt that this thing has. Um, but whatever hype it is, the expectation really should have only ever been like, does it do as well as a modeler does? And the answer appears to be yes. Um, so was the delay on your unreasonable? I don't think so. Is the hype, is it going to live up to the hype? Well, I don't, I don't think the hype, I don't know. I think people are talking about the hype as being bigger than it's really been. Um, the third thing is there are starting to be the, the, um, the, um, Time is ending under, under which people are still under NDA about it, and they're able to put be able to put out their demo videos, real professionals who are checking sure. it out and demoing it and stuff. And um, it's the demos are sounding great, like great. And and you know the concern about neural DSP, of course, is that they've been a very metal focused um, organization in terms of their plugins and stuff. So yep. how do they do with the cleans? How is it with like the edge of breakup bluesy stuff that I do? The samples that are coming out of that are fantastic. Um, okay. There was a video that was put out by um, Anderton's earlier this week where they used the um, the capture function, which is actually a unique use of that that hardware. It can it can um, not just model the way a Kemper can, but actually do some much deeper stuff to emulate things like amps and pedals and stuff. And they they, they did they captured um, a bunch of pedals, including a. a, a tube driver or a tube screamer rather. And um, a couple other things. I don't remember what, but man, it was really, really good that the emulation that got captured and then was coming out of the, the quad cortex. Um, so I'm still excited. I have, I have no um, uh, concern about it, not living up to whatever hype it has, it has received. I know there are people talking like it's a second coming. Um, 
neural DSP has been careful not to, to like their, their talk about it has been very factual about its, you know, specs sure. and stuff. Um, but I think it's going to be quite a unit. And, and part of what I like about it, just to call back to the earlier conversation is that it is a smaller form factor than the helix by a fair amount. And, yeah. It's and about the size of a laptop. I think as far as like a, the f- like footprint. floor footprint is actually smaller than a MacBook pro. Okay. Um, and it's got some very cool hardware in it. They have a patented um, uh, foot switch that is also a, a, a dial, a, a, a like rotary, en- rotary encoder. encoder. Thank you. That's what I was after. Um, so, you know, it saves a bunch of space on the face of it, and, and it's a touchscreen um, thing. Um, so, you know, the UI looks very helixish, but you'll be able to drag it around with your hands and stuff. Um, so, I still, I you know, I think it's still quite promising. Um, you can be sure I will give you my full rundown on it once it gets here. Yeah. You know, one of the other things that I had heard was that, you know, it doesn't come with all of the neural options that are available right now. Well, um, if you have bought plugins, those, those can be installed on it, but they're not sold together. Interesting. It doesn't come bundled with their plugins. So, I mean, but that's another thing worth considering is that you're spending, it's what, 1500 retail? Yeah. 1599. And it doesn't include all the sounds that it could. True. I don't know. There's not... So I, let me just clarify my stance on this. I am being a bit of a devil's advocate. I'm being a bit of a, you know, a piss taker on this particular topic. But to be perfectly clear, I want Neural to succeed. I want every modeling company to succeed because all it does is push innovation in the market forward. That's right. So yeah. if Nux comes out with a better modeler, that's good for business. Yeah. If you know, if Vox does it, if Fender does it, if Line Six does it, if Fractal does it, like those are all things that that are good in general. Um, I think the problem with some of this, you know, at least the online guitar community, is that there's so much talk and there's so little substance yeah. to the conversation right now. For sure, and. Let's be perfectly honest. We are not contributing to that conversation in any productive way whatsoever. <laughs> this conversation doesn't help. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. But it's still worth it's it's still worth having because it does we in my opinion, it needs to be a complete game changer in order for it to be relevant in the market at all. And I don't know if that's fair. It's probably well, no. I know it's not fair. <laughs> It's not fair for any company to have that on their shoulders, but based on the amount of hype behind it, it just seems like a lot for a product that, you know. There's certainly a lot of noise. But now listen, when the Helix was first announced, the Guitar Center or the um, Gear, gear. what's the website? The Gear Sluts? Well, not that one. Uh, gear Page? Gear Page, yeah. Gear Page thread on it was like 1,200 pages long within a week or so of the announcement, it was six months out from coming to the market. Right. Um, so I think, I think something that lands splashy like that has, um, it just garners a lot of attention. It gets a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, like you say, speculative sort of posts. Um, and there's a lot of buzz about it. There's a lot of buzz about it. Um, which I think is good. I think it's a good sign. I think it, um, uh, (laughs) means it's really going to come out at some point probably. Um, so, I don't know. I'm eager to play with it. I, I would say in conclusion that, you know, 
the the jury's still out on this particular product. You know, whether it does what it says it's going to do or not, it just needs to, I think at this point, it just needs to come out. Yeah. For better or worse. Yeah. Like, the, the the other issue is, is that, you know, you and I are both in, in software development. Like, we know what 1.0 looks and feels like. Yeah. And so there is, there's, you know, shipping is a feature is definitely a thing that we have discussed previously on this podcast. No question. And, you know, you can spend all this time tweaking and fixing and tweaking and fixing and tweaking and fixing. But the fact of the matter is, is that if, until it hits the market, like it, you're, it's not going to, you're not going to get the level of feedback. You're not going to get the level of That's right. uh, attention and development poured into it to make it a better product until it's in the hands of its users. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and even really those, where like, Neural needs to figure this out. Even those influencers who are putting up demos, that's not enough of a, that's not enough mm-hmm. ants walking the anthill. I will no. say, um, I did hear that, uh, they were, they gave those folks a deadline of Friday, tomorrow, the 29th to submit okay. patches for inclusion in 1.0. Okay. So what that tells me is they're cutting their gold master build, probably early next week and going to go into QA with it next couple, three weeks. And then we're looking at probably the middle of February. I guess we'll see something. I I can't wait for you to get one. Me too. So we can just, you know, we can talk about literally anything else. I know. I know. I know. I'll do an unboxing video. We'll post it. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Apparently the packaging is gorgeous. Okay. So it's just got to get here. It's got to get here. So the other thing to talk about um, briefly here, did you see the article in Rolling Stone today about um, the the, t- the title is, did everyone buy a guitar in quarantine or what? Uh, I did see it and I saw it because you sent it to me. I did. did yeah, You're but, so thoughtful. Uh, well, I, you know, I like to prep. It's good to know what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Just a couple of highlights here because, um, you know, the, the, the point that Rolling Stone is making here is that, yes, <laughs> in fact, everyone did buy a guitar during quarantine. And there are a few interesting numbers here. So Sweetwater in the year of 2020 had, uh, they served one and a half million customers up from a million in 2019. So they, you know, half again, their customer count. That's a fit. Yeah. 50% 50 raise in, in, in 2020. Um, they said in 2020, they averaged a thousand guitars shipped a day, which in 2019, it was like 800. Um, and in 2020, for the first time in their history, they did 1 billion with a B in revenue. That's insane. It's crazy, right? So yeah, that, everyone, for everyone, a retailer for a retail, yeah, without any physical presence. Well, th- they have a physical presence, but it's li- it's in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, no walk-in retail to speak of. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing, amazing. And so yeah, there's going to be a lot of um, either a lot of really great new guitarists coming out of this, or a ton of guitars on the secondary market. That one it's works for good me. Good news for us. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, just thought that was fun. I thought we should uh, share that. No, that you know what? That's fantastic news. You know, we we talk a lot about um, you know, the the market being saturated, or you know, there's all this talk about is the guitar dead? Is rock music dead? Like, I don't. I'm not terribly interested in those conversations as much as I am interested in um, what musical instruments in the hands of people can do. Yeah. And it can do lots of things. Yeah. And, you know, our intent with this podcast is for them to do good things, whether it's, you know, creative outlets, whether it's a financial uh, benefit for you uh, or your bandmates 
or if it is, you know, musicians giving back to their community, like songs for kids, yep. playing music for, for kids in hospitals, like that's what we want. And if a billion dollars worth of musical instrument sales gets more guitars in the hands of people who are going to play them at children's hospitals for sick kids, great, more power, great, like do it. Great. hundred percent support that. Totally. So, you know, for all of the, for all of us that have been, you know, lamenting, you know, the loss of business there, there's still, this market still exists and either the market will rebound or it's going to expand based on the user pool. So, you know, we're, we're just kind of doing the best we can with what we've got right now in the hopes that once enough needles get in enough arms and enough places open back up that, you know, things will be back to the way they were, if not, you know, crazier and more busy. So, you know, the best thing that we can do is to keep a good attitude about it, stay healthy and, um, you know, make sure that we keep our chops up. However that is, you know, do covers on TikTok, waste your day doing that or YouTube or Instagram or whatever, or, you know, socially distance your band practice, just do something. Yep. So that when, you know, things go, things do open back up that you're ready for them. There you have it. This is a good one to end on. I I like it. Guys, once again, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, You know, we have said over and over again that, you know, this podcast has been a wonderful uh, resource and community for us to uh, deal with the reality of our situation right now. So um, none of this happens without you. Um, Well, it does, but it's nowhere near as fun (laughs) if you're not around. So thank you again for tuning in. Uh, Just want to remind you that you can support us in a lot of different ways. You can, um, you know, you can leave us a good review. You can uh, send a donation into Songs for Kids. Or if you want to help the podcast out directly, you can do some of the things that Dan is about to say. Uh, If that's all good for you, I will go ahead and call it for this week. In Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. You've been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode 139. Have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. If you want to help us, be sure to share us with your friends, follow us on social media, and if you haven't already, please leave a review for us on the podcast platform of your choice. Facebook.com slash Cover Band Confidential, Instagram at Cover Band Confidential, and Twitter at Cover Band Confid. If you have any questions, please email us at coverbandconfidential at gmail.com and consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash coverbandconfidential. And for more info, check out www.coverbandconfidential.com.